Hiring? With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. Right at it. Right at it. Oh, he's done it again. Just as he did at the John Deere for his first win. Unbelievable. And welcome back to the First Cut Podcast with Kyle Porter. That was Jim Nance from the CBS call. And yes, it was from Jordan Spieth's incredible bunker hole out. Kyle! It's pretty awesome. I threw my keyboard after I heard that. <laughs> and, I had, and I had to go pick it up. It was... Uh, I don't know if it was the moment of the year. I, I still think Sergio's putt at Augusta in the playoff uh, in in on on eighteen there was was probably it. But um, it's certainly in the top two or three. I, I mean that was that was an all timer from Spieth. He said it afterwards, and he's right. And to get to ten wins in that manner against a, a really good young player that I'm sure we'll talk about in Daniel Berger was just it, it was phenomenal. It, it was. Um, Man, Jordan Spieth's exciting, isn't he? You know, for for his for his kind of buttoned up and and maybe corporate as he uh, appears in interviews and and uh, in, in appearances, his golf is is really fun and and exciting and and he gets fired up and that was it was that was pretty awesome. That was a special special deal, right? And the and first of all, way different than the John Deere because that's the John Deere. This is a way more impressive tournament. Um, I I felt like when you've got Jordan Spieth with the 54-hole lead going into the playoff, and again, we'll talk more about Daniel Berger in a second, but he had to win it somehow. So my expectation is already that Jordan Spieth's going to win this. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it just it he's been playing so well uh, throughout the week playing just sort of just pushing the lead like every single time that uh, a Charlie Hoffman or somebody else would creep up into the lead on the leaderboard he would just push it even further so it felt like he was the the tournament's champion going into the playoff and I thought that the golf gods would reward him but man to do it like that uh brought some brought some cool energy some great vibes like let's let's break this down number one holding out uh in a sudden death playoff Awesome. Number two, being able to have a well-coordinated celebration, as Webb Simpson <laughs> pointed out on Twitter, just equally as impressive. The club throw was great. Uh, Greller tossed the rake, too, and then he had a saucy little pickup of the ball right out of, uh, right out of the cup. I mean, like... There was so much to all of that. Berger's reaction was perfect, too. Just a little thumbs up. Um I, I don't I don't know was is there anything that I'm missing here I felt like it was uh just it provided nothing but wins like it, that was a, a 4-0 sweep for all the different things you could want from a, an awesome finish on the PGA tour I I think you hit it all the the one thing that um I don't know if it surprised me but it was certainly compelling was just the way the fans on that 18th green were were situated uh, and then the way that they reacted it, it provided uh, just such a cool backdrop. I felt like for the moment, they were kind of bowled in, it, right? 
yeah, it didn't it didn't feel manufactured. It felt just re- incredibly like like people were just like locked into the moment. And and I think that I think part of that has to do with the fact that Jordan Spieth is Jordan Spieth, but also that he had led all week. He had this big field coming in. You had Rory, Jason Day, and and Spieth coming in. And so they were they were really primed, I think, for something special and and maybe thinking they were going to get it in regulation on the 72nd hole that Spieth played. Uh, they had to wait about 15 more minutes before it happened. But, um, yeah, I mean, just just the whole thing was um, I, I don't I don't want to compare Jordan Spieth to Tiger Woods because he's not as good of a player. He won't have as good of a career, but it it, it provided a tiger or probably more like a fill fill like juice to a, a pretty normal PGA tour event, especially the week after a major, you're kind of coming down off that major high. You're like, Oh, we got, you know, we got golf again this week, but it, it, it just, um, I don't know. It was a shot in the arm for, for, for a season, um, that, that even with the Brooks Kepka win has been a little short on, uh, maybe drama or, or flair in the last uh, month or, or two months, uh, really since the Masters. So I thought it was incredible. Um, it was so fun to watch. It was so different than the John Deere. That, and he talked about this afterwards. The John Deere, that thing was going in the water, Chip. He, he <laughs> bladed that thing. And it somehow found the bottom of the cup. This one uh, was pure. You know, it, yeah. it, it just it just rolled right in. But uh, he did get a little bit lucky off the tee shot, hitting the tree, and then dumping one in the bunker and making it but uh, really just a just an all-time moment from him um and i'm glad you just mentioned uh phil because that's uh, a way i want to take that because you've i like first of all the jordan speed just gets buckets uh theory yeah. uh phrase hashtag all of its trademarks to kyle porter circa 2017 <laughs> Um, and in, in your Jordan Spieth gets buckets, which is a, a column you put up on cbssports.com yesterday, I think, uh, mm-hmm. near the end of it, you, you start to draw that connection. You said, um, he might be tracking for a Mickelson like career. And I thought that was a really cool, because that's a hall of fame career. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Multiple major winner. One of the best golfers of a generation, but a little bit of a different characteristic from his contemporaries. Like elaborate that on a little bit. Cause I, I don't know. Have you made that uh, comparison before on this podcast? Cause I thought it was very cool and enlightening. Well, I, I've made it in, in the sense that it, at the players championship this year, we we're having dinner with a bunch of people. And I said that I'll take the over on 39 and a half wins for, for Jordan Spieth. And, and, and kind of the impetus for that was Mickelson at 42. So just, is is he basically going to be Phil Mickelson over the next twenty years? And uh, I I said over. I said two a year, twenty years. Put it, you know, mark it down. I'll, I'll sign it. Um, and it's just he. I mean, the first thing is he plays a lot, and he just puts himself in position to to win tournaments. You know, he was in position to win Colonial this year. Um, he had, he had a rough stretch Byron Nelson and players, but he just doesn't play well at those courses. So he's in position to win a lot of tournaments. He's converted, I think five of six, 54 hole leads. He's a front runner. Um, he's so good at it. And, and my, my get buckets thing, it, it, it was, was basically just pointing out like he's not the prettiest to watch. He's got this kind of chicken wingy, you know, movement on or move on his, uh, on his irons and, and with his driver also, it's not, 
it's not like watching DJ or Rory or Adam Scott or even Justin Thomas. It's just kind of it gets a little ugly sometimes. He gets a little slappy. Yeah, I like slaps it around. <laughs> yeah, I know I, I, I know exactly what you're what you mean when you say that. Like the slapping it around is what leads to the wayward tee shots that don't always luckily hit a tree and still give him like a decent look uh, from off the fairway. Yeah. And, and I, I got a call. My dad called me yesterday and he's like, that dude is the luckiest guy in the world. <laughs> Be, talking about the tree and, and all that. It's like, well, yeah, kind of. But he's also like 13 under on Sunday afternoon at a lot of freaking tournaments. And so you don't win all of them, but you do hit a tree every once in a while and hole out from from a bunker. But my, my whole point in all of that was like, it doesn't matter how it looks. It doesn't matter. And and all that, I mean, Jordan Spieth's number one on the PJ Tour and strokes in on approach shots. It's not like he's like a hack out there. Like he's freaking good at golf. But he, I think more than anybody, is so good at just getting the ball in the hole when he needs to. And that that's a that 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 feels a little bit like a like anecdotal evidence, but it it's statistically true. I mean, he's number two on the PGA Tour in in birdies and eagles. Um, his his first round and fourth round scoring are both top five on the P. He's just a scorer. He just scores, yeah. and it, do, it doesn't matter how it looks. It doesn't look like Rory, um, but this year, you know, he's he's scoring better than Rory, and he's getting into the hole, and he's making thirty footers and and bunker shots. And the other part of that is like. Yes, he does that at probably more than most, but we also see it more than other guys because he's in contention a lot. So a lot of guys could have made that bunker shot, but not a lot of guys could have done what he did over the first 72 holes to to get in position to make that bunker shot and win the tournament. So he's a special guy. And I, I just think that, you know, over the next 20 years, I, I, two wins a year is that's a lot, but it's not absurd for somebody like him. All right, Jordan Spieth in the next six majors mm. over under 1.5. I, I'd go under. I, I think that uh, – yeah, I'd go under. Two would be a lot. Two out of six would be a lot. You know, th- there's been a lot of debate amongst people I talked to about um, what is his best setup like which which major is set up for him best and and the obvious answer seems like Augusta right because he's finished second there twice he's won it he was in the second to last group this year but I, I think there's an argument to be made for one of the opens um he's he's sure. got a really good short game which plays well obviously at, at everywhere but especially at a British uh, you can you can get slappy at a British and still and you know and still play well um. But then also like the U.S. Open, it, the thing there is is just mental acuity and mental fortitude, and I feel like that is oftentimes his greatest strength. So I, I'm curious about which major you feel like he's best um, suited for. I mean, like he was right there with Zach Johnson in the playoff, right? Or what, was he about out of the playoff? He was one stroke out. He needed birdie on 18. That and, was it. Uh, pull hooked a drive like over to the first fairway on at St. Andrews, but was right there, you know, yeah. had, yeah. you know, has, was already has, uh, a U.S. open. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, it's gotta be, it's funny. Um, and I, I think we'll actually save uh, a lot of our Ricky takes for the, uh, quick and loans preview. 
because the mm-hmm. man is just Quicken's loans through and through. But we we've said before on this podcast, or you said, you know, Ricky's game suited for opens. I I, I tend to think that um, Spieth might fall into that category too, and his his ability to win at Augusta might have forever like do you do you how many more times do you think he could win at augusta do you think that do you think that putting all those balls into the water on number 12 was just like forever shifting the way that he's gonna approach that course no no not really but i do think you only get so many and this is my whole thing but you only get so many shots at winning any major but and especially augusta you know yeah um so i i think his max there is is uh he gets one more reclamation win or something yeah i I think his max is probably three and i think he ends up with two or three there which like i (laughs) said that (laughs) i said that flippantly like three masters is freaking a lot like i think i don't know four guys have three or more or something like that so uh, yeah, I would say three is his max. I I, guess, so. But like, I came out of the, um, I came out of the sand shot just energized about Royal Burkdale. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, like, and you know, knowing that he's been, he was, he was there at St Andrews. Why not? You know, with like, what's what's to say that he can't, he can't turn it on and uh, and get out there? Like, I don't know. I I think that he could get because. We are now, at, with each amount of time that we are separated from the near Spieth Slam, right? What was it? <laughs> no, I mean, it wasn't. It was just that he put two back to back. And at the British, we were talking Spieth Slam, right? Yeah, he, he was in it until basically the last hole on Sunday at the British, which was just absurd. Yeah, so as, as more time continues to pass since the 2015 major season, I will be tapping my toe more and more expecting just another run like for some reason because of because of the way he took it by storm it makes me think that he's got another like the success might come in spurts for jordan spieth yeah i mean and that's that's true of of a lot of guys i i just think i think what's what's difficult to decipher right now and i think we've talked about this before but Every guy has a career year. That might be your sixth year. It might be your thirteenth year. It might be your nineteenth year. We've we've seen it from Jimmy Walker and like his, you know, he's had his career year at thirty six years old or whatever. Um, I think the question is for Jordan Spieth: Was that at the age of of twenty one? Oh, you know, man. and so it it's it's weird to think about that because we think of guys getting better over time and not you know, having their career year in any sport later on, but that might've been it. Like that might've been the career year that might, you know, five wins, two majors for anybody that is a career year. It's just a matter of, is he going to put, you know, string together something like that again, or was that kind of it in terms of his apex in a season? All right. Well, he beat out Daniel Berger, uh, lo- like Daniel Berger, just 24 years old. Two wins so far, uh, both at the FedEx St. Jude, the Daniel Berger Open. <laughs> I I mean, he was swaggy around that course, right? Yeah, he, he's an alpha. You know, I, I think that he he doesn't get, I, I don't know why, but he doesn't get the run that, that JT and, and Kepka and, and Fowler and these guys get. And, and he's, he's in that. He's in the 
picks with them, isn't he? Like, I don't know, almost one for the third time, which would be up there with what Fowler and, and J- you know, Fowler's one of the players, but basically what JT has done, JT's won four times and, you know, the same age as those guys. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like we need to start including him in this um, sort of younger American conversation of, of really good golfers. Not not at the speed level, obviously, but definitely at the at the JT Kepka maybe Fowler type type level don't you oh yeah oh absolutely I my Patrick Reed my my buddy Wes texted me he was like love the speed hole out but Berger was straight vibing out there I said <laughs> I responded I said yeah I had to get over the whole Florida State bro thing like once I was able to like once I was able to really embrace how badass his golf was, you know, that he could back up that attitude with some really, really phenomenal play, then that's when I was like, all right, you know what? I'm signed up. I'm all in. Uh, here, so here's my over-under for you. Career wins. Daniel Berger, mm. just 24, 10.5. That's a good number. Um Man, eleven wins in this era is a lot. I, I, I'll get, I'll go under, um, but I think he gets to the the high single digits, if not ten or something like that. I think he's going to have a really good career. Um, you know, him and him and Kepka are both the the Florida State bros. I, I think I think it'd be interesting to see when you know in fifteen years, like who's had a better career between him and and Kepka and you throw Hideki in there JT kind of all those guys that are in that Patrick Reed throw Fowler in there even all those guys that are in that 23 to 27 range um you know who comes out on top who has the most majors who has the most wins I, I think that'll be super interesting we always uh actually you've thrown this out like if if all of a sudden mass text goes out bunch of PGA tour golfers uh, just show up to a random course to get out there and play. Are you taking Daniel Berger or Patrick Reed to finish with a better score? Oh, I'm taking Daniel Berger. Right? Just, just so much more swag, you know. And and unless the unless Europe is involved, I'm taking Daniel Berger. Like, is is he gonna? Because he's got to be considered uh, for like Team USA contention pretty soon, right? Yeah. He, he's going to make the President's Cup team, uh, which I think will be a lot of fun. You're, I think you're going to see uh, – uh, people think that like every year is the transition year for, for uh, team events for President's Cup and Ryder Cup or whatever. But you know, you're going to see a lot of young guys on the President's Cup team this year between him and JT and, and all these different – I mean you're, you're still going to have the, the – uh, even if Mickelson doesn't qualify, he's going to be on the team because he basically carried the President's Cup on his back in in korea a couple years ago but um yeah i I think that you know the the u.s team especially this year is going to be trending super young between spieth and uh, i mean all of those guys are going to be on that team and it's gonna be a lot of fun it'll be a lot of fun well you know sometimes you do need to skew younger and if you're going to skew younger probably means you're making some new hires and you can't find the best candidates by posting your job to just one site you need to post your job to all the top job sites, and now you can with ZipRecruiter.com. We're talking 100-plus job sites and just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your position. See, that's why ZipRecruiter is different. 
Unlike all those other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. In fact, it finds them. Over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. And right now, the First Cut listeners can start forming their own winning team on ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash First Cut. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash First Cut. Try it for free today. ZipRecruiter.com slash First Cut. Star-studded field, um, and it was a star-studded field that included a story or a note that has become a familiar one uh, here in the recent uh, couple couple of finishes. Um, Rory goes low, go real low. Rory McIlroy dropped a sixty-four at the Travelers, to jump up 43 spots on the leaderboard, finishing T-17. Now, I am going to eat some crow here, and there's there's a lot of interesting discussions going on. So first of all, props to Adam Sarson um, for always having a very interesting and spot-on and well-informed takes out here in the, uh, in the golf landscape. Um, and turn in, turning my attention to the idea that there might be some trepidation as to Rory McIlroy, uh, two things really standing out. Number one, the idea that he's, you know, not winning majors. Number two, the idea that he might be working out too much. And number three, combining those two together and people trying to pigeonhole him into this. Is he on a tiger like path? Now this Kyle Seems very, very problematic and a little bit misinformed given uh, some of his finishes in recent events. I think that we've even laughed at some Rory criticism. My my point is always, I don't know how you're going to uh, act like somebody's down when they just won the Tour Championship. But, you know, there, there's even more to back this up here. Uh, Kyle, where do you see um sort of this conversation going and and like can you can you help me frame it because i felt like i didn't know like i stumbled into the bathroom and a bunch of people were talking a bunch of smack about rory and i had no idea that this existed i was like a tiger-like path what are we talking about here yeah so a couple things are going on this is I, i mean rory is kind of a lightning rod for uh, opinion and with that comes criticism with it comes praise or whatever so the first thing is that he's won two of his last i think 11 or 12 pga tour events there's uh t- only two other guys you can say that about i think um <laughs> dj and and justin thomas maybe oh. not even justin thomas um so <laughs> he's winning uh, a lot based on percentages. Now he hasn't won since last September when he won two playoff events, uh, but he also hasn't played. And so that's the first thing. And then the second thing is this idea that he is maybe lifting weights too much in the gym. And, and this pops up every six months, a year, whatever. Um, I do. So, so I have two different stances. Well, first of all, he hasn't lifted at all this calendar year. He said that at the Travelers Championship. He said, I haven't been lifting weights because I've been injured. So it's a, it's a little bit of an unfair critique because he's literally not lifting weights. 
Um, but also I, I do think, okay, so here's the thing, Chip, like I think it's pr- a pretty hot take, but I also think that there's, it, it's a little bit unfair to say, um, okay, let's criticize Tiger Woods because he got too big. He did all this Navy SEAL stuff. He was lifting too much. You know, he was lean at the Hero World Challenge. Then he was jacked for Tory Pines. That's what led to his end, you know, whatever. All, all these all these different theories about Tiger in the gym. But then we, we like to give Rory a, a little bit of a, of a free pass when it comes to that weightlifting. Now, I think the difference is that I think that smart golf people trust that Rory is doing it less out of vanity and more out of uh, training and getting his body right and fitness than Tiger. I think Tiger's was partly that, but mostly a, a vanity thing and, and really an obsession. And so I do think there's a differentiator there. Um, but I don't know. I mean, you, you don't, I, I, there's some, there's some like middle ground here. Like there's some truth, like deep down in all of this. And I don't know where it is. I, I don't know that we've found it. Uh, I think it would be interesting to talk to Rory at length about the swing, about how, um, you know, his, his weightlifting has affected it. It's hard, it's hard to, it's hard to say, man, you know, I wish this athlete was, was fatter, was less fit, you know, like it just seems like it's, Seems like such a stupid take, but I, I do understand the idea of of you can't be too um, uh, y- you don't want to be too rocked up when you're trying to swing the golf club. You know, like it just it, it 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 can it can go badly over over a period of time. I don't necessarily think Rory's doing that, but I don't know. I, I think there's a there's a middle ground truth in there, and, and like I said, I don't know if we've found it. I I wonder, um, and because there's like one of the things contributing to this was an article over on the ringer and the article on the ringer had some quotes from Gary player, had some quotes from Butch Harmon and the, the, I don't know if we've talked about this just sort of general topic before, but it, it plays well in contrast to, um, you know, our opening discussion on Jordan Spieth where Butch Harmon in the piece, uh, discussing Roy McElroy talked about uh, playing the swing, not playing golf. And I took that, my interpretation of it is, uh, you know, you become so obsessive with the individual mechanics of the swing, with the repetitions, in a way that is a a very uh, workout-like mindset, right? And I, I don't, that's such a, it is so, it's terrifying to go into the mind of a professional golfer. I mean, the mind games that have to be played there is just absolutely a, just a, a nightmare to consider. But, like, I get that. And I, is that, I wonder if that's part of the middle ground. The idea that um, the, the focus on perfecting the individual swing rather than uh, shooting the lowest score over 72 holes against a field of professional golfers, like, like, is is there something there? Like, do you get uh, do you get that sense at all? And maybe it's not even from Rory. Maybe that's just something that speaks to this age, this dynamic, and sort of where golf is, where there's so much information available and so many different ways to tweak everything. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think the the kind of rebuttal there is like, do I think that Rory used to be more creative on a golf course when he was 20 than he is now? Yeah, probably. Um, but I I think, I think where you get into trouble is where as a professional golfer, you 
start um, changing your swing, you start switching swing coaches, you start, and I mean like overhauling your swing, not tweaking it. Everybody tweaks their swing from week to week or year to year or whatever. Martin Keimer tried to change his entire swing after he became number one in the world because he didn't think he could, he thought he had to have a draw to win Augusta. And it's like, eh, that's probably not a great idea. Um, (laughs) and, 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 you know, you see guys like completely changing swing coaches, all this different stuff. We've seen it with Tiger a lot, but Rory's had the same swing coach his entire career. He has not overhauled his swing. I don't think he ever plans on it or wants to. So is Rory a better swinger of the club than he is a golfer? Probably, but he also has four majors doing that, you know? And, and yeah. I think that back when he won the open and the PGA in 2014, it wasn't like he was like fat Rory. Then he was, he was jacked, you know? And by the way, like when I say Rory is jacked, he doesn't look like, um, he doesn't look like JJ Watt. Like he's like, he's not like, he's just like fit and like, has more muscle than most golfers, yeah, which, is no, to, he's to, which is to say any muscle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jacked, jacked Roy McIlroy is just muscular Brian Harmon with a few more majors. <laughs> but I, I, I guess my question is, you know, where was all this criticism about, you know, his, his swing and his, or not his swing, but his fitness and uh, his his workout regimen back when he was winning three tournaments in a row, including two majors in 2014. You know, I, I don't think, I guess what I'm saying is I don't think much has changed since then um, other than he hasn't won a major. He still won a ton of tournaments, you know, and he's number three or four in the world or whatever. So I don't know. I mean, it, it's a it's a long-term debate that won't actually be settled ever probably. I think it's super fun to talk about. Um, but the reality is like, and he he basically said this after the Travelers. If his whole thing is if he puts average, he wins golf tournaments, he wins major championships, and he's not putting average right now. He shot a sixty four on Sunday at the Travelers, and he had a negative strokes game putting. Can you can you imagine that? What, was, what did he have like thirty six putts? Oh no, he had thirty, but he was putting Still, it yeah, like yeah, four, yeah. he was putting it four feet away like every time. Like he just he's just not putting well right now, you know, and. If you put average, you win you win tournaments. If you're Rory McIlroy, you win major championships. So I, I think it's for all the criticism, for all the the meandering about you know what's wrong or what's going on. It's just it just comes down to putting for me. What's um what? How are you handicapping Rory for Royal Birkdale? Uh, I I think he'll play better than he did at the U.S. Open. But to me the if I have to pick between Birdale and Quill Hollow, I mean, he's like, he should be like the one to 20 favorite at Quill Hollow <laughs> to go out Consi- there and smoke everybody. Yeah. Considering he's won there twice. He's got like the last three course records or whatever. So, um, would I be surprised if he won both? Yeah, probably. But would I be surprised if he won, uh, one or the other? Not really. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if he got to five, uh, by the end of the year. All right. Uh, We will link up on the other side because we've got to preview the Quicken Loans, uh, which will lead with a check back in on our good friend, Ricky Fowler. So Kyle, hang tight, and you all make sure that you subscribe to the First Cut Podcast so that you can get the episodes first. Kyle, talk soon. Okay, we'll talk to you soon, Chip.